Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. Brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and our co-host, Carla Joe Holmes, has the day off today. Uh, we'll be talking with Tracy Ellis of Leadus about building a badass marketing team. Uh, Tracy is the CEO of Leadus. That's a lead generation and marketing automation and uh, we'll get more into everything that they do over there, but all around, all around Marketo and marketing automation, their company out of Minnesota. Uh, she's run many, many go-to-market initiatives for many organizations and uh, credits her success to her early experience in sales and ability to build strong relationships and winning teams, which is uh, what, what we'll be focusing on today. She's also the president of uh, BMA Minnesota, and uh, we have the pleasure of having her on the show today. Tracy, thank you for being here. Sky, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to talk about today's topic and share a little bit about how we can help marketers and give them a little bit of a different perspective. So Tracy, something that strikes me right off the bat, you don't have a Minnesota accent. What's going on there? I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> ah, it's Wisconsin. Wait a second. Is there a difference? It seems like the, 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 the voice changes when you cross the border. If you live in the upper Midwest, there's absolutely a difference. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> I just called an Australian person English. They do not like that. <laughs> I'm Welsh, they say. Um, so can you, uh, this, this whole building a badass marketing team, obviously super important for our listeners. They're, uh, you know, most of them, hopefully they're on badass marketing teams or aspire to be. And uh, what, what is, can you give us kind of a general overview on why that's important, why it's, I mean, obviously everybody wants to build a good marketing team, but uh, there's a lot of little details we're going to get into. Can you give us a quick one-liner um, or an elevator pitch on the importance of this? Yeah, I think that the big thing with, you know, marketing teams that in the past there was, you know, definitely larger marketing teams all had very specific roles. You had somebody writing content, you had somebody creating your you know, PDFs and your collateral, you had a print place that you went to, you were doing a lot of direct mail, right? And as technology has really driven marketing and, and really is the future for marketing, you know, helping teams come together and understand that it's usually not those same roles on the team anymore, right? It's, it's much more technical heavy. You've got to be technically curious. And as an employer, you really have to, you know, give candidates and, and team members an opportunity to be successful, you know, the way in the way that marketing is going. Right. So is this one of those, I mean, you guys do um, a lot of job, job placement, I think you'd call it a recruiting for people as well. And I've always noticed that if you're not an expert in the thing, it's really hard, hard to hire for the thing. So if you're looking to build a team, you don't have the people who already know those skills. How are you going to know if the person you know, that you're talking to in an interview is a badass at it or not. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're way, they know way more than you do. <laughs> so you'd think the lowest level uh, kind of schlocky person is a badass. You, you kind of need that expertise, right? Yeah. So we have three things in what we do at Leadus. We have our kind of Adobe Marketo technical consulting that's focused around the Marketo and the campaign Adobe platforms. We have automation consulting, which is like the strategic things that you need to do that are outside of the platform that make you successful. And then this third piece, which is actually um, Marketo automation staffing, right? So exactly to what you just said is that usually these experts, well, you know, when they're looking for somebody, it is really hard to find these technology experts out in the industry. And so oftentimes companies hire somebody, let them figure it out on their own. 
Um, and then when they get somebody new in or they get a little bit farther on the path, they're very frustrated because that person was just kind of trying by, you know, error. Um, you know, right. They're self-taught kind of. Exactly. Exactly. So we look at it and say, okay, what type of a person are you looking for? And, and really, you know, everybody's coming with a unicorn job description, right? They want everything from, hey, can you help me build my website and send out campaigns in Marketo? And I need you to be a great writer, you know, so there's all these things. And so we kind of help set their expectations to prioritize what those things are. And then internally, because we are also a um, authorized training partner of Marketo, we're also the only um, custom training partner we actually help those candidates get their Marketo certification. And so you're getting somebody then as a resource that is actually certified in Marketo, has those best practices, and is gonna get you, you know, set moving forward from the very beginning. So it, it, it dawns on me that you think it seems like about marketing hires and marketing teams, like most people think about their tech stack that, that really know the stuff, rather than saying, hey, I want one platform that does every single thing. Um, you're saying, hey, this is, you really need to connect all these pieces together. Don't look for a one size fits. If you can only hire one person, yes, you need them to have the critical skills, but you really need a stack of people that have very specific skills. Yeah, we, we really refer to it when we talk to companies, when you mentioned like the MarTech stack, it's mm -hmm. like your marketing team stack, right? So like, what does that need to look like? And for, it's, it's unique to every company based on how they go to market and the channels they leverage. Um, and so their marketing team stack is just as unique as their marketing tech stack. And what we try to help, you know, people understand is, you know, are you hiring a certain skill set for a point in time need? Or are you hiring a skill set that this is like absolutely crucial to the way that you market and go to business and you need to have that skill set, you know, in-house and have somebody dedicated to that? Um, you know, that criticality of where that fits in usually comes into play in our conversations and just helping strategically you know, think through for clients, what is this, you know, if you're going to hire somebody, what does that person's role look like in a year, right? What do you want them to be focused on? And not just giving them the Marketo training um, that we can provide, but also helping them understand that you need to provide them opportunities to learn and grow in their career. Because now in marketing, people aren't staying longer than three years. And so you've got to be able to provide them some great opportunities within that first year, or you're going to find yourself in the, um, you know, cycle to hire again a lot sooner than you want to. Yeah, I've seen you see it in sports a lot, but just being able to get the person isn't isn't everything. Like, okay, now you have them, but if they're only there for one year and then they're getting the hell out as fast as they can, you know, what a waste. Yeah, you're, you're, retention you're, is just so important. And if you, what we see specifically on the Marketo side is that once you have a certification, you know, you can easily go and get another job for another $20,000 a year somewhere else. And so if you get somebody, you've got to, keep them more than just what they're going to be doing, but what their opportunity is at your organization, but also the opportunity for their career. Otherwise they'll definitely go. Okay. I want to, well, let's hit on that real quick. And then I want to get back kind of to, to covering a little bit for the listeners about you and, and your company. But as long as you're bringing it up retention, what's the most important thing for retention? We, I have a term here I use where I, I learned early on in startup uh, failures that you can't pay somebody to care. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of for the quality of their work as well, but you know, you can't hire a developer as a startup. That's why so many startups, it's a, they have a developer as a founder. Cause if you're yeah. trying to pay somebody to do startup style work, that's a yeah. lot of sweat going on for the, for the amount of pay and the, the pay is just never quite enough to do what needs to be done. But retention, 
like what's the most important for retention? Is, is, are we talking just about pay, about opportunity for growth, about how much they like the work environment? Uh, you know, is it about having a ping pong table or having a bank account? I mean, sometimes it's about donut day Thursdays and sometimes it's about, you know, beer Fridays. Um, but what we really, you know, talk to clients about is that it's really about flexibility, right? That's really what people want, right? People want to be able to work, you know, live where they want to and, and do the work that they have to. And so if you make it that they're flexible, you really do provide a really great opportunity for them to be able to, you know, whether it's coming into the office or being able to work remote or having flexible work hours or being able to travel with their job, whatever that, you know, where they need to spend their time and where they function the best and can be the most productive is really important to understand and then provide that as part of your organization. And, and to that, you see a lot of, um, we see a lot of the large organizations in the Twin Cities now going to these kind of shared workspaces where nobody really has a desk anymore. You can come in and work for a day, but like they're not actually expected to kind of come in, sit and live at one, you know, six by six cube for two years. Right. If you're sitting at a different desk every day, you might feel a little better about your work environment because it's exactly. changing. You don't feel like you're rotting in one space. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Flexibility. I've always thought, and I'm sure it can vary from company to company, but to me, just the workplace environment and the culture seems to be most important because I've noticed in our company, people that would leave because they got a job that paid a little bit more. And yeah. then within two months, they'd be begging to come back and then say, yeah. Oh my God, I like, they didn't realize how good they had it. It's they hate working at their new job. It's not worth the extra money. It's not worth the commute. It's not worth just the, the, the job enjoyment that has everything to do with culture, environment, that kind of stuff. Um, well, we've our, seen per, personally in our company, we've seen to be a big deal. Yeah. I think, you know, here at Lidus at, 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 at um, you know, my organization, we have bright office space. It's super fun. It's really funky. It's very trendy. Um, we're actually south of the Twin Cities. And so you don't have to deal with all of the, you know, parking and traffic issues. Um, and so really it's, you know, people love to, to come to the office and we have a great team of people that we work with, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis. This last year we won the um, best places to work award um, in the Twin Cities. So, you know, giving people that environment and thinking, you know, what would, you know, as as executives and managers that are making these decisions about hiring people, it's not, it's, it's about so many more things than you mentioned than just the pay. Right. And one yeah. of it is the, the team that surrounds you. Um, and also the you know opportunities that you have. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's not just about building a badass marketing team stack, but also keeping it. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to focus mostly on the building part today. Just keep in mind, everybody, you kind of, you got to keep these people as well. Identifying somebody as the piece you want is great but you have to actually be able to hire them and keep them. Um, so let's loop back around. We've touched on it a little bit to, to your company, to lead us, what you guys do, and then to kind of what, what you do, what your day-to-day -day is there. Can you give the listeners a, you know, elevator pitch, if you will, on what you do, uh, what kind of what services you provide? Yeah. So we are a, um, as I mentioned, we're a uh, Marketo uh, marketing automation consultancy, right? We're a Adobe platinum partner. And our whole premise is that we want to make marketers be super, super successful using the Marketo platform, get as much out of it as they can, help that elevate their career, and then have them advocate for the platform wherever they go. So that's how we've gotten a lot of additional businesses. People, as I mentioned, don't stay for too long. And so when they go, we're helping the client where they left and we're helping them at the new place that they're at. And so for us, it's about really how do we make people successful using these um, you know, automation platforms? Um, 
my background is that I actually um, started a long, long time ago. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. We'll digress there, but that was aborted. Um, and I went to business school and one of my first um, jobs I had was actually at a software company in sales. So I went from inside sales to outside sales, to sales management, to sales operations. And then I moved over to marketing operations and then up um, the ranks to VP of marketing at, at several technology companies. And, you know, for me, being on the marketing side and kind of having that background, having been in sales, I really understood the dynamic between sales and marketing, right? Marketing right. is saying, hey, we gave you tons of leads. They were awesome. You didn't follow up. You guys are really horrible at converting business. And sales is like, hey, they really sucked. I didn't, you're right. I didn't follow up with any because I followed up with the first four and they were horrible. They were right. just the people out of the yellow pages. So the classic sales and marketing fight. Exactly. And so when I got up into marketing, my approach with sales was a little bit different um, in what we were trying to do. And so I had the philosophy that everything we were going to do in marketing was going to generate revenue for the sales team. We were going to, it was going to be used to identify an opportunity. And so really instilled that in my teams and got really successful um, being able to roll that out at, at several places. And then had an opportunity to, to move away from Minnesota and didn't want to do that. And so I started to just do some consulting for people as I was looking for my next spot and realized that there was not a Marketo partner in the Twin Cities um, or anywhere um, in the Midwest that was solely focused on Marketo. So we put our flag in the ground five years ago and we've been rocking and rolling ever since. And you our guys, goal is to be like the biggest, best Marketo partner for Adobe that there ever was. You guys own the Twin Cities, huh? And now you're looking at the rest of the world. Yes. Yes. World domination is our plan, Sky. <laughs> that can be good. I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, so your, your pathway from sales mm-hmm. and through sales and then up into marketing, um, was, how did that occur? Like, why did you make that transition? Why did you make the step to sales operations and then to marketing? Was it, I guess I'll just let you tell us, but why, why did you go on that path? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing is that, you know, I was successful in what I was doing. And so opportunities were brought to me. And I learned early on that you had to leverage marketing to be really, really great at sales. And so it just, you know, gets to a point where you see, you see what's happening for other people and why they're not successful. And so I was put in an opportunity to say, I can continue to make myself successful, you know, immediately and get, you know, money, as you mentioned, or I can actually put myself in a position to make a lot of other people successful around me and see more money in the longer term. And so that's the path that I went down. So you basically saw like, I'm right here, but I can do more good right over here. And once you were there, you were like, oh, I can do more good right over here and right over here. And it was just about having more impact, I guess. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, anything else people need to know about your company? I mean, you guys doing the, the Marketo, obviously total badasses at the Marketo consulting, um, and at, uh, the staffing type stuff. Um, what about you? What's your day-to-day function there? You're the CEO, but, um, how in the trenches are you? What's, what's your actual task? Um, yeah. So, you know, as the CEO, everything from like running just day-to-day operations of the company, Um, but as I mentioned, my background is in sales. And so I love to get on the phone and talk with somebody about what challenges they're actually facing from a marketing perspective, why they think automation is going to solve those challenges and how I can actually, um, you know, go about helping them. So, um, you know, for me, it's anything from getting on with a customer, having a conversation about their strategy and what they're trying to do, 
um, working with our, the partner themselves and talk about different initiatives that we'd like to co-bring to the marketplace. Um, and then being supportive to my team. We've got a, a group of, you know, this is, this is all about badass marketing, right? So we got a team of badass women um, in the Twin Cities. We happen to be you know, all women now with one token um, guy who's joined our team recently. <laughs> I love that accident. token guy. <laughs> that was all on accident, but it's just, you know, been great to be a part of, you know, such a great um, group of, you know, women who are trying to do some really amazing things, you know, for, you know, our customers, for Lidas and for themselves. Nice. All right. Um, we're, let me see. I think we have a time for a couple just straightforward questions here so to get, get some stuff for the listeners in. Let's um, have you tell us if a company's looking to hire one person, say you have a small business and they're hiring one person to take over their marketing. Um, what kind of skills should, should they be looking for in just that one person? And feel free to pick a very specific type of company if that matters. Um, I think if you're looking to start somewhere, right? A lot of people go for, it's hard to find a strategic executive, right? That is also going to be a doer and mm -hmm. someone's going to get in the trenches and actually get stuff done. And so I would say that that first hire, if you're a small organization and you're trying to get scrappy and you're trying to get your you know, name on in the marketplace, I would hire that more tactical person that's going to be able to help you, you know, get some, you know, send some emails, get some social going, you know, talk to some channels, maybe get you into some events, right. And be able to take some direction from, you know, CEO or head of sales to really get some of those things pushed out because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of money on a big, you know, headcount and you're not going to get a lot out of it. Right. So, so you don't want uh, Tracy Ellis. Now you want Tracy Ellis when she just shifted from sales to marketing and is super in the trenches um, type of a thing. Yep, yep. And what we've seen is finding people who can, you know, what, whatever way companies have to do it, but helping them understand that if you find somebody who can take initiative, right, because there's so many things that you need to learn um, in marketing now, and also people who are technically curious. If you can find somebody that has a, you know, a, a good head on their shoulders, and they've got those two characteristics, teaching them what you do as a company or letting them read your messaging and understand it becomes, you know, the easy part. Right, right. So if you ask somebody in an interview, okay, we need to generate leads. What's the first thing you're going to do? And they say, well, first we need to spend a couple months figuring out our why and writing a business or a marketing plan and uh, mapping everything out. Maybe not your first hire type person. You need the person who's going to say, well, first I need some data and then I'm going to start reaching out and I need to look at what our list is. And then within the next week, we're going to be you want, you really want that much more hands-on immediate now person. Right. Right. You want somebody who's going to jump in and get some stuff done for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then hopefully, right. If you hire right and you can find somebody who can take initiative and they're technically curious, hopefully when you're ready to hire that next person, you can actually promote the person that you hired and then hire somebody under them. So again, creating opportunities for the candidates and the people that you're looking at. How much thought has to go into so let's say you have that first hire and they're really down and dirty, getting the work done, doing a great job, and you're looking to hire someone else. If you keep them in that position and hire somebody that's more of a marketing manager, less of a doer over the top of them, is that going to cause problems for retention? I mean, are they going to feel like, hey, I got stepped over? I think it depends. Some people get into that position, right? And they're technical and they love it and they don't want to manage people. They don't want to be some big, they're not a big thinker. Right. And so I think part of, you know, 
whoever you have at your organization, you know, having really transparent, open conversations with people about where do you really want to go? What do you really want to do? And if you feel that they're, you know, they could get there sharing with them areas that you feel like they need to improve or things that they need to work on, or at least get their hands with in so that they can be successful. But also knowing that your company is not going to fall apart if one person goes right. right. So understanding that, you know, you need to do what you can to retain people, but also have confidence that if, if there ever becomes a point where that person's no longer a right fit for what you're trying to do, you know, company needs to do the right thing for the company and employees should always do the right things for um, themselves as well. Right. And you can't be held hostage by one person's skills. Uh, <laughs> I guess if you hire on the person who's really good at this stuff, but they're terrible at the big picture type things at writing a marketing plan or whatever it is. Um, and, but they're going to be really upset if you hire somebody to do that. Uh, maybe they're not, maybe they're not the right person or you can train them and maybe and they can learn those skills then great if you need somebody to do marketing automation with marketo and they don't know that i guess that would be part of them growing in the position too rather yeah, than going out and getting somebody who has it you could have them go and learn the marketo skills and then they may be even you know more grateful to the company and and then and more likely to stay longer yeah and i think that when we get candidates we try to kind of have those conversations with people up front to say what kind of a team are you trying to build? What kind of culture do you have, right? So that we get somebody that's the right fit to say, okay, do you plan on hiring a more, you know, executive level, you know, thinker that's going to come in and kind of take over this whole role? Or do you want somebody to kind of build up? Because then when you're finding the candidate, if you have some idea where you're, where you're going, if you have a vision, then you can actually select candidates who are, who are going to meet your need right now, but also be able to evolve with you as you, you know, go through this vision. Interesting. So one last question before we go on break, when you're, when you're looking for candidates for, for a position somebody needs filled, what's in the shortest supply? Like what, uh, not necessarily a skill, but what trait or skill or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's some things where it's just like, okay, pretty much anybody can do this. We don't even really need to look into how many words per minute they can type or something like that. But what is it that's in really short supply, but kind of uh, high demand? Um, I think any kind of technical curiosity for people and the ability to actually, um, you know, competently and clearly communicate what the, the, that level is, right? People will say, I mean, just because you have a, a, a Facebook account does not make you a social media maven, right? <laughs> like you, you're going to need a little more than that. So really helping to to understand like when you have those certifications, you, you know, it's Google, right? Google Analytics. It's like, or Google AdWords, that's so specific, like really be able to talk specifically and competently about the, you know, levels of certification, the experience, maybe different projects, different scenarios that you've worked on so that you can really articulate that, you know, you are an expert or at least have a, a certain level of experience in those areas. Right. So having a Facebook account doesn't mean anything, but maybe having a MySpace account would. Um, unless you're in, uh, into super retro, uh, stuff and you have a MySpace account just, uh, just out of, um, you know, just, just, just for fun. Cause the people you hang out with, you play, uh, uh, you know, arcade games and then, uh, communicate in your MySpace accounts. Other yeah. than that, it could be a bad sign. Uh, we yeah. always say if somebody has an AOL account, sometimes it's a bad sign for where they're at with technology. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you know, now, especially you know, the millennials and people that are, you know, now was it Gen X that are graduating from, you know, college and moving forward. It's like, 
you look at the the skill set like you no longer ask can you type 50 words a minute like no one cares no one right. cares they just assume that you can right i mean you'd quickly find out if they couldn't um but it's 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 really hard to um you know find people you know especially out of college who really feel confident about you know what they want to do and and kind of the area and paths that they want to go down because specifically in marketing we work with um, a few colleges here and get a lot of really great candidates and it's interesting when you go in, they've been taught courses about really specific things about marketing. And so if you're looking for an entry level person, they have no idea what marketing actually is. They'll come in and talk to us for the first time. And we talk about marketing automation and they're like, well, what about PR? And what about, and it's like, whoa, that's a whole separate you know, right. thing. So there's really a gap too. So you have to realize that depending upon where you go on the like continuum of candidates to the least experienced to the most experienced, you're going to have to deal with different nuances about where they are in their learning curve about marketing itself and, and how all those concepts fold together. And do they really have a propensity to learn some of those things? Like we work with a lot of really large organizations that kind of started with that. Hey, we've got a content writer. We've got a graphic designer. We've got a web administrator. We've got a, you know, this person that, you know, a direct mail person, right? Now when we go talk with those people and they're starting to use marketing automation, some of those people have no interest in learning marketing automation at all. They don't believe in the technology. They don't see where the value is going to come from. And so being able to help kind of guide them and get them excited about what the, the future holds is also really important. And I think that goes straight to the first thing you said, the technical curiosity and ability. I mean, usually if you have the curiosity, you can probably absorb the material, but you have to have the ability to absorb the material. If you got low grades in school, and you want this person to grow in the position that that might be a big, a big tell that, Oh, you're going to try to have them learn Marketo and okay. They may be nice and they may have some skills, but they may be kind of dense too. Like they might yeah. not be able to pick this up the way you need them to pick it up or care well, to. There's a, um, there is a big, um, you know, when, when you look at the different, you know, kind of skill sets people have and the conversations that you have with them about, you know, what it is that they're doing and how they're looking at things, you know, you, you can't, you know, you, some of them are really, really great about, you know, picking it up and just running forth on their own and bringing things back to you, but that's not a skill that's taught. And so you really have to take time to help people understand this is the culture of our company. Here's how we all work together and collaborate as marketers. Like this is what we actually expect out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, one of the big differences is that in the past there wasn't really ways to measure marketing. And so there really wasn't any way to measure marketing performance unless how many right. pretty videos or how many pretty pieces of collateral. And now with these automation platforms and you can actually track costs against the different campaigns and what marketing is doing. And so you quickly find out whether or not what they're doing is successful or not. Yeah. Being able to track stuff has changed the marketing, just the, the whole department so much. All of a sudden accountability is there and some marketers say, yay. And other marketers say, Oh shit, <laughs> yeah. I'm exposed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, well, we've come to the middle here. We're going to take a, a very quick break. We're speaking with Tracy Ellis. She's the CEO of Leadus. They are a marketing automation and Marketo training company, staffing company, all that kind of great stuff out of Minnesota. We will be right back on the If You Market podcast. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's top data search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, 
you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. Welcome back to the Ify Market Podcast. We have Tracy Ellis, CEO at Lead Us On. We're talking about building a badass marketing team. Tracy, let's jump right back in. Somebody wants to build a team from scratch. They've got a very small company, no real marketing department. A lot of companies just have a handful of salespeople, and then eventually they say, hey, why don't we actively generate leads? Um, if they're building it from scratch and they want to hire a couple marketing people, maybe, like where should they start? Should they hire a couple, one? What, what do they want to put together? Yep. So I think, I mean, it, it all depends on the specific company and, and what it is that they're trying to do. I think that one of the things that is required before you even get to that point is understanding what you're like, do you need $1 million lead or do you need a million $1 leads? Right. And that right. will tell you what type of, do you need a, you know, an inside, you know, you need a telemarketing company and you know, four campaigns because you need 10 leads this year or, you know, how, how massive do you need to go? So if you have an idea of what your goal is, you know, what those plans are, you can actually look to hire the right types of people, you know, into that area. Um, so that would be an example if you need, you know, you have, you know, fewer, um, fewer leads that are required, um, but you need somebody to actually have a soft touch point. You've got somebody doing tactical marketing and then, you know, showing engagement over to an inside you know, marketing, telemarketing person, and they're calling out and qualifying them. And then they throw those over to the sales team. Right. Right. Now, what um, if, what about going the Tracy Ellis route and saying, Hey, we have this smart salesperson here who's doesn't like doing all this cold calling and, and, and whatnot. Um, why don't we just ship them into more marketing activities? I think absolutely. I mean, you'll definitely find little gems like myself along the way where you realize like, Hey, you know, they're doing that role, but maybe they actually you know, can have an impact over here. And, and oftentimes you do see a lot of, you know, when, when new opportunities open up at a company, you do see a lot of movement and shifts um, from one area to the next. Usually um, those roles are being open because, you know, an existing person is maybe going to move into them and, and take something over as well. And I've found that can really inspire people. Sometimes you get somebody who seems kind of sluggish and suddenly you say, hey, do you want to take on this project? You can even just say on the side, you want to spend a couple hours a day or a week or something like that. And all of a sudden you get an employee that was a little lackluster and now they're just really tearing into their job because suddenly they have something they're interested in and, and want yeah. to go after. Yeah. A lot of people get, you know, kind of stuck. It's like, they think that they're supposed to be doing one thing, right? They think that that's what their education was. And so they get this job and then they just kind of march along the steps that they're, you know, being told. And I think that the people that are happier in their career is really you know, take a step back at several different points throughout and kind of look at where, you know, what really, what have they learned in the role that they're at and what is really going to drive them when they move into their next role. Um, and then you see people many times when they do that really take a leap, right? Maybe, you know, marketing was a very small part of what they did on the sales side of things, but they really loved it. And they'll take a leap over there and, and love it. Cause even though it was only maybe 10% of what they did, it was 90% of what they loved to do. So mm -hmm. um, you definitely see that happening. You definitely okay. see and then um, another topic, 
when, when people are thinking, maybe I need more marketing, I need more leads, whatever it is. Um, at what point, or are there any indicators that they should be hiring somebody for this marketing versus outsourcing it? Yep. I think that, you know, once you're, once you get to the point where you actually are, you're trying to grow by a more calculated, you know, way, um, then you want to get people in to help you. So a lot of smaller organizations, you know, the CEO is a jack of all trades, right? And, you know, you, you do a little bit of everything. And I think when you start to get to that point where you're like, okay, we've established ourselves, we've established that we can sustain in the marketplace, right? Now we want to grow. Really in order to take off and grow, you have to pull in some additional marketing support because, you know, a marketing thinker is very different than, you know, a CEO. I'm thinking... Why don't we play a little game? Um, this is anybody who listens to the show knows everything is pretty much improv here. And this, this just dawned on me when thinking of the skills that marketers needs or yeah. marketers need the most important skills. It's going to depend on the company and yeah. you know, it's going to vary based on their industry, their product, all kinds of stuff like that. But um, let's start with skills we think are most important and go back and forth until we run out of them. You'll name one. I'll name one. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. So I have a, a, a one skill disadvantage here. So for sure. instance, I'll say, um, I'll steal your best one marketing automation. Okay. <laughs> it's a skill you want to look for. What's another skill you, you could look for in a marketer? Technically curious. Okay. And I'll say HTML. Um, I'll say comedic. Oh, you stole mine. Um, <laughs> uh, graphic design. Um, Innovation. Uh, copywriting. Teamwork. Um, SEO. Tag writing. Ooh, good one. Um, events. Campaigns. Mm, Google AdWords. Social media. Hmm. Uh-oh. See, we've expended all the ones I had pre-written down here. I was cheating. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anything else you can think of, you win. Uh, <laughs> anything else you can think of uh, that people should have in mind of, do, you know, do my market, here's skills my marketing people, I might want them to have. Yep. I think one of the things that we see is really important is the ability for people to be able to, you know, go really down, you know, into some tactical stuff, but also to be able to come up into a strategic, you know, level and be able to kind of see, okay, how is what I'm doing actually impacting like the larger organization, not just like this one thing that I'm trying to execute in marketing. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other thing is, and, and really not just for marketers, but for any, you know, managers, any teams, any HR departments, one of the things that we do here at Leadus because we have a very, um, you know, varying levels of experience on our team and, and, you know, we actually do soft skills training. And so every single Monday when we have our all hands meeting, we actually take time out of that meeting and talk about a soft skill that is required in the workplace and how that skill applies. So things like um, sense of humor is one of them. Um, empathy is one of them. Um, you know, responsibility, um, uh, depersonalization, just, just all of these things, right. To just help people navigate. And, you know, our goal here is that not only will they use those at Letus, but, you know, use them in their lives as well. Yeah, we uh we get really specific with them here, and we say things like dishwashing. Who keeps leaving dirty dishes in the sink? Uh, that's a skill that you guys all need to have. Um, I guess that yeah. would fall under responsibility. But that we get super we specific. Yeah. <laughs> Not eating other people's lunch. 
Come on, you guys know that shelf is not yours. I know, um, right? The water container. Like yeah. So a big one that I, uh, oh yeah, being able to put the water jug on top of the container. You got to have someone in the office that can pull. Now I know why you guys have a token mail in your office. Um, right, which is muscle. <laughs> lifting heavy stuff. Yes. Um, uh, I left one out of the skill set data and data management being, you know, having some understanding of managing data, I guess, uh, Excel spreadsheets, hopefully you don't have to use as much these days, but not having anybody who can really manage an Excel spreadsheet these days can, can be crippling for a company. Absolutely. We see that in a lot of the platforms and technologies, they have built in analytics. And so marketers don't really need to, you know, know data analytics, but they need to be able to know what they're looking at and actually where that data is coming from. Right. And sometimes know that what a CSV is and that they can ex export it from one place and import it to another. Exactly. That yep. would be on the list of skills as well. <laughs> we are quickly running out of time here. Before we finish up, can you give us a couple major do's and don'ts for, I don't know, any of the areas you cover? Uh, everything from hiring to, uh, to you know, working with staffing and, and to find somebody. You know, I think what is important, um, you know, just in any business, especially as, you know, companies are looking to grow is that you need to be able to be, you know, willing to take risks and being able to, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, manage what you don't measure. And so take a risk, measure it, manage it. And then that way, if you do need to do something else, you can. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, is important in business today is that people are you know, in some cases scared to, to do things that are exciting or new or different in the marketplace. But yet when you see the people who really win, you see that those are exactly the things that they've done. Oh, that's a good, I think we spoke about the comedian thing off air, but that's a take a risk type thing. And with your campaigns too, you can be super safe with your copywriting. It's going to be super boring and you're probably not going to get rewarded for it. But if you take a risk, we're not saying go out there and be politically incorrect or, or something, choose a candidate and alienate half the country. But, you know, just take a risk in being a little more human with, yeah. with your marketing and with even your hiring. And Even in automation, these things are, you know, taglines and subject lines and copy. It's written by their internal people. And so we'll get a campaign from somebody and be like, what does that even mean? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And so there's <laughs> A-B tests we can do. And so we'll A-B test and, you know, 99.999 times ours performs way better than the other one. And then once they actually see it, they're like, okay, send yours. We're like, all right. <laughs> and it's just making right. it fun, more personal. I mean, you got to think about you're in marketing and you're trying to have, you know, you're trying to make a human have some type of reaction to what it is that you're doing, but so are a million other people a day to that same person. So like, what yeah. are you able to do to stand out? If it takes a comedian, you know, to come in and, and make your stuff sound funny, it also help your attention because people like to be around happy, funny people. So I'd say go for it. And yeah, to separate you from all the other commodity of messages about your same product, same service, whatever it is. Yep. And again, that, that's the take a risk part. If you're yep. going to, you can send out the same exact messages as everyone else and, and get less results. But if you take that risk and do something a little different, um, it, it can be rewarded frequently. Okay. Time really flies here. Um, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show, uh, oh, Tracy. This has been fantastic. If people want to find out more about Letus and about uh, Tracy Ellis, um, as always, check the show notes on that. We'll have a link to their company and to, to her on, on LinkedIn. And anything else you want to put out there, Tracy, where people can find you or uh, you know any, anything you guys are doing special these days? Um, yeah, I think the big thing is just following um, 
us on social media, right? Looking at our LinkedIn and our um, Twitter stuff. We've got a lot of updates on there to really help support um, marketers. We're putting a new marketing automation transformation model together and we'd love to share that out as well. So if you watch the channels, it'll, it'll definitely come across. All right. Marketing automation, Megatron. Um, Okay, you can find uh, all this uh, more information on Tracy Ellis on ifyoumarket.com on the show notes there. Please uh, share us on social media, tell a friend, give us a good review on iTunes, and uh, help uh, help spread the show here. On behalf of the If You Market team and Tracy Ellis of Leaders, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with a badass marketing team, they will come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.